God bless you. You may be seated. What a great weekend we had. I would like to say that uh, Elder Hart was used mightily in ministry in Puyallup on Sunday morning. And then again, Sunday afternoon in Kent, along with uh, Brother John Stone. And there were other people, obviously, involved, but uh, it's so wonderful. The ministry of God's Spirit operating through the vessels of human beings the way that he does. If we'll work with him. Amen. And so we, ha- we just had an awesome time. I, uh, Elder Hart made a comment to me uh, last week, and it, the thought has not stopped. And uh, I was considering today that maybe I could share it tonight. Because he said this, he said, others need to hear that story. And uh, it, it goes back. Let, let, me, let me read this first. From the scripture in the book of Psalms, Psalms 37, starting at verse 3. I came to the Lord when I was 22 years of age. I remember reading this scripture. Matter of fact, I was a truck driver, and I would uh, make trips to Portland, Seattle, Bend, Oregon, uh, on a weekly basis. And my wife started helping me, making me these three-by-five cards with scriptures to memorize that I could put on the dash of that truck. Big window, you know, it wasn't a real risk to look down. And so I would <clears throat> memorize these various scriptures, and uh, this was one of those. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. At 22 years of age, I was on the front end of life. I was on the front end of my walk with God. So the reading of these scriptures talked about the future. It talked about my present, but then it would speak to God's hand in the future. And so everything was by faith. You just had to believe in order to trust because you didn't have a lot of history to go on. Well, now this is 40 years later almost. I have some history that I can look back on. And so now there's some things in the Scripture that I own. It's better when you begin to own it because you've got some history and some experiences and you know the hand of the Lord and his word is true. Praise God. So you'll, somebody's going to tell you, look, you just need to trust the Lord. And you smile and you receive it. But you wish there was some more concrete with it.
I'm going to talk tonight for just a little bit about buildings. Now, we've never been building focused in Life Church. We use buildings, but it's never been our focus. We're not about the big temple. We're not about the big edifice. We're not interested in building a showpiece for the community. But we like a roof over our head. We like heat in the winter. We like air conditioning in the summer. Amen? And a parking lot. <clears throat> so we're involved in buildings. And God's interested in our building. But as much as he's interested in our building as an assembly, he's interested in your house. He is interested in your car. He's interested in you. He's interested in your life. And when, when we say that the promises of God are in him, yea, and amen, that's for you and for your life. It's just not for a, a church house or a, an assembly of believers, okay? But I'm going to share some history here. When my wife and I and our children moved to Puyallup, answering the call to come to pastor the church, New Life Pentecostal Church in Puyallup. When we arrived there, one of the first questions that was asked, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about a building? We were renting a building, and it was, it was a difficult situation at times, like when it rained, and it rains in Puyallup. And uh, anyway, you've heard me tell about the buckets and the foyer and all that. So you get the picture. And then we quickly realized after looking around, there was nothing we could do because we couldn't do anything. When I went out with a realtor, any kind of properties, you know, that you would look at, you know, especially if it was close to Meridian, it was so astronomical, it was just impossible to, to even think there was anything that we could do. They had rented other churches in the past and uh, with other groups and things like this, but there was something digging in the side of some of those faithful believers. And this is what it was. The core had been a part of a different congregation called the World of Pentecost. My wife and I met when she was on staff at the World of Pentecost. It was a large assembly, ran around six to 700 people. They had a nice building up on Meridian, and later on they bought a property, 40 acres out on Meridian, and put up another building. <clears throat> and the core, through the years, had it, had faithfully returned their tithe, but they also gave to a building fund and a property project fund, and they were givers, and they gave a lot of time, and <clears throat> something happened. The pastor left, and he turned it over to another man, and the other guy took it a different direction, okay? 
it was no longer a UPC church. It was no longer a holiness church with standards. And it just went a completely different direction. Let me tell you, that, that is, that's, how would I say this? Highly unlikely. It is highly unlikely for something like that to take place in life ministries because we have such a broad-based leadership team at the top. You understand that? That didn't exist in that situation, okay? It's, it's highly unlikely that something like that could happen here or in Puyallup or in Kent. Now, so he left, another man came, the doctrines, the teaching, everything began to change. And so this core group left there. But there was a, something in their side. It was all that they had done and all that they had given, and they were upset about this. So when I arrive in Puyallup, my wife and I and family, we find out they'd been in the middle of a lawsuit. They had been deposed, several of them, in front of lawyers because they were angry about all that they had given, and they wanted that property back. Well, they weren't getting it back. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow when you're the one swallowing the pill. But you think God didn't see all of that? You think God didn't see their effort, their acts of faithfulness, their sacrificial giving? He saw every piece, every moment, every dime. Oh, he keeps track. And so, here we are, this new, you know, startup group. They've been there for a few years now, maybe five years, uh, maybe a little longer than that. <clears throat> but anyhow, so we show up on the scene and we realize what we're, you know, we're dealing with some of the, this bitterness over that situation. And, and now they're, you know, renting a facility that leaks like a sieve and they're not happy. And they want to know what I'm going to do about it. And I went out and looked to find out we can't do anything. Well, after being there a year, there was a couple. It was actually our first. They were in our first Bible study and got the Holy Ghost in these people's house in this Bible study. They went home. So they were brand new. They went home one night after church. Oh, wait, let me back up. The facility that we're, we were renting was on like five acres or so. Of course, it was prime real estate right on Meridian. <clears throat> I got up one morning to preach on a Sunday, and I preached a message that we entitled, I Feel Faith. And what I preached in this message is, is we need to, we ought to approach the owners of this property and just ask them to give it to us. Man, the place was just lit up with faith. Everybody was feeling faith. We were excited. We were bold. It was the next night or two. I got up in the middle of the night and I penned the letter. 
and stuck it in the mail. I don't remember how long it was. It wasn't very long, but we got a letter back. And they said, you have 90 days to vacate. What? Yeah, we're selling the property, and you've got 90 days to get out. <laughs> okay. I really did feel faith. And so it was like, dear God, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to go? There is no place to go, you know. And so now this new convert goes home after a service, opens the newspaper and is reading, and sees an ad. Church in Puyallup, for sale, price cut in half. Well, let's call. Let's go look. So we find out where it's at. We go down and we look. Boy, we're just not sure about the shape of the building, all this. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We called them and said, can we test drive this? And they said, sure. So we had a service in this building just to kind of see what it felt like. you know. And I guess it passed the mustard, but. We, uh, we wrote an offer. Now, you have to understand something. There were monies at one time in a building fund, but it had been depleted, okay, down to about $30,000. That was it. And we wrote an offer thinking, it's probably going to take $20,000 to remodel this so we can use it, you know. So that leaves us with about $17,000. We wrote an offer, $17,000 down, and they accepted. And we purchased the building for $190,000. Now, this is 25 years ago. We, we purchased this building for $190,000. Started making the payments and all this. Well, lo and behold, that same couple, their grandparents had come up to visit from Florida. And they came to some Bible studies that we were doing for a four-week series, prophecy or something. And <clears throat> they both got baptized, and I think one of them got the Holy Ghost. And then they went back to Florida, older couple. I don't remember how many months it was, but they were down in Florida, and they, were, they had a conversation with each other, and they said this. You know, I'm kind of missing that little church up in Puyallup. What about you? Yeah, I am too. They said, you want to move back up there? They had two homes in Florida. And so they agreed and said, well, then let's sell our houses and move back up. If I have the story right, it was either one or two weeks, but they sold two houses. One of them, he said, I was out in the yard and I was raking, and somebody drove into the intersection, got out of the, the car, and said, I want to buy your house. They didn't have it listed. Okay? So they sell these two houses, and they move back up to Washington. And so they're coming to the church, and they're real quiet. I mean, they're just a quiet little couple. And uh, one night, on a Wednesday night, they said, uh, can, can we talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. And they said, you know, we have this 
we have this little piece of property out on some road. He said, it's not good property. It's wetlands, like the majority of it. But I was thinking, if we would just quick claim it to the church, maybe God could do something with it. Okay, so we're really ready to sacrifice this to the Lord, and maybe the Lord can turn it around and do something with it. Well, if you invest, investigate anything about wetlands in that area over there, it's hopeless. And <clears throat> the more time that passed by, they would just consume more of it with wetlands. It was, it was more than 80% wetlands. And so the one dry piece, we drove out there, and we had a prayer meeting with, I don't know, five or seven of us on the dry dirt. And we committed the place to the Lord and his purpose. And then we started paying the taxes on it. And we kept paying the taxes on it. And when things got tight, we kept paying the taxes on it. And it was starting to bother me. You know, time. You don't know, you know. We, we go through these things and, you know, we, we speculate or we, <laughs> we extend faith. And we just don't know. Well, I'm... I'm getting emotionally charged over this piece of property that we're paying taxes on when we can hardly pay the bills. And so one day I said, listen, I'm, I want three of you. I picked up three men and I said, listen, you go home this weekend and I want you to pray about this piece of property. And when you come back, you tell me what we're going to do. Are we going to get rid of it or are we going to keep it? Because I'm, I'm tired of paying these taxes. They came back. Brother Cool said, keep it. Keep paying the taxes. All right. We kept paying the taxes. I don't know how long that went on. But one morning I woke with an inspiration. And it was to list the property on Craigslist for sale. I don't remember how much time it passed. We listed the property for sale on Craigslist. One individual called, one person, young man, he says, I want to buy your property. You don't mind me asking, but for what? Well, he said, in Pierce County, he said, my dad and I have other property. And he said, in Pierce County, you can dispel the wetlands off of one property onto another property. Are you kidding me? Uh, no. Do you know what he paid for us, paid us for the wetland property? Well, how much did we pay for the building? $190,000. And I got to walk into the bank of Sumner and write a check. We were paying it off. Now, you understand, I believe this is precedent. Now, I'm going to go back and add a, add a dimension here. During the window, when we've had the notice, uh, you got to get out in 90 days, you know. There were meetings that I attended or somebody came through, and there were three individuals that shared stories about buildings that somebody that they knew or their family or somebody 
miraculously, you know, in North Carolina or miraculously in Texas. And, you know, people would walk into some situation. When I would listen, hear those stories, I went like this. I'm taking that. That's mine. I'm going to tell that story. I'm going to receive this in faith. Now, I'm not the only one that was involved. But when you go down through the history, for me, God has set precedent. Okay? So, I'm not interested in going and figuring out some other deal some other place. Matter of fact, right now we're, we're putting a lot into the building in Puyallup because God gave that to us. When it's time for us to be in another place, now there's been times, i got to tell you, we don't have enough classroom space. We don't have uh, wheelchair access to the restrooms. There's, you know, there's issues and stuff, okay, going on, but... It's the place he gave. And so <clears throat> until he says it's time for something different, we're there and we're happy. So I want to keep talking about buildings here. Okay. When Kent came into the picture, um, It was a difficult situation in the meeting place because there was people having meetings in different rooms right close next to us, really loud. And, and sometimes you couldn't even hear what was being said in our room because of the commotion and the chaos. And it was dark and dingy, and I could go on and on. Anyway, with, long story short, God led us to a different situation. And some of you were there last Sunday, and God gave us a meeting place. I, I will tell you about a conversation. I, in, in, in speaking it publicly, there were some individuals that were going out and trying to find and, and searching, 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 and, and then, you know, trying to make something happen, and maybe if we do this, maybe if we do this. And I said, stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're not going to do anything. We're only going to acknowledge when he's brought it to us and he's presented it to us. And that's the situation that developed. Anyway, it's a beautiful situation. Now, let me talk about Sila. How many was with us in Wapato? Hallelujah. The good old days. <laughs> Froze in the winter for a while sometimes and... <laughs> Cooked in the summer. <clears throat> but we had the best tacos in town. And so, now, of course, that's the, that was the second Wapato situation. And I, don't, I can't tell all the history on that. Elder Hart could do that. The, uh, and, and maybe he'll add to these things. When they wrote a letter and said they were going to raise the rent, something to that effect, we decided, you know what, let's just get out of here. And left there. Some of you were with us. We, we met in places like the Wolf Den. We met in, you know, 
We, we were all over the place. We met in the, the Yakima Nation headquarters, baptized several people there in their, you know, in their office area. That's incredible. And then, of course, a lot of home meetings. And uh, then God really coordinated us to finding this situation here in Selah. And when we went into the lease, we wrote in that we would want first right of refusal if they decided to sell it. And we really thought they were going to be talking about a sale, you know, I did for in six months. Well, we've been here in about two years now. Okay, so it didn't happen in six months. <clears throat> but it happened. And so we are right now putting together a purchase-sell agreement for this property. Here's what's an interesting piece. El again, Elder Hart could explain this to you more, but it's going to help us immensely because we have the property in Puyallup. And it is an asset that's all paid off when it comes to getting the loan for this property here. All right? Listen, a long time ago, I never felt like I ever wanted to be in a situation where I was asking for people, you know, we got to come up with a church payment. We got to come up with this. And I'm, I'm aware of a lot of building programs where a lot of those situations have happened. And <clears throat> some are positive, <laughs> and many of them are not. And uh, I don't believe that we'll ever be in a situation like that. I'm not looking for something like that, okay? God has allowed for us to do these things with what we have. I get the idea that when we are stewards with what we have, it affects all of it. All right? Now, I felt like these things could possibly have happened many years back when I looked into the future. But now here we're walking in it. And I want to say to you that, again, God is just as interested in your household. And... When you walk as a steward over the finance he passes through your hands, he'll make things happen that you never or you might have never believed that would happen for you in your situation. Amen. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will bring it to pass. Elder Hart. When I mentioned to Bishop a week ago, I think I had made reference about Kent and about how the Lord had orchestrated things in a small degree. I think I had referenced the old building on the hill and how they told us to get out, but God had a plan. And uh, I was marked then. That's when I said to Bishop, many people here don't know that story and how the Lord 
orchestrated all of those things. He does see the end from the beginning. And I, I think of Hebrews 11 and 12, where Hebrews 11 tells all those stories of heroes of faith, what they went through by faith, what they accomplished, not by works, by faith. What the Lord did through them by faith, by faith, by faith. And then Hebrews 12 starts, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And so they have all those examples and we have them. And it says they're not complete without us. And so we've entered into the faith that they started in. And, and so knowing this history, even just of life church, for those of you that don't know it, when you became a part of the body of Christ, I don't mean a congregation of a church denomination. You understand. When the Lord brought you and placed you in his body, connected with this part of his body, you became part of, you entered into something that started before you got here. All of us did. All of us did. We've entered into something that started before our time. Right? We've entered into other men's labors, the scripture says. And so when it's like, man, how come I begin to walk in blessing? What's happening? I haven't done anything. That's right. I've just started walking by faith and I've come into something that was already started before. And because I committed my ways now unto the Lord, I'm entering into something that's been started before I ever became a part of the picture. But the Lord saw you and I becoming a part. He saw us becoming a part when he chose us. I, I think here in these valleys, talking about these building situations, and we've been, for the most part, fortunate to be to see all of these. Um, but I remember the first place we were in, this is how the Lord orders steps. There's some, something about these building things. But when we first came over here and started at the old building uh, that was some of you. Well, Brother TJ was there. He remembers. And the Sanchez were there and the Rodriguez were there. Um, in that building that was a daycare and a church. Remember that? See, we're going way back. Right? And... This is something you may not have ever known. But that building was just made available to us by Sister Mays, who owned that building for free. And praying one day, the Lord dealt with me, and I communicated to Bishop. I said, I feel like we need to go to her and ask to enter into a rental agreement. She didn't ask for that. She never asked for that. And... Uh, when we went to her, she's like, well, that, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, no, we want to do this. This is the right thing to do. We want to. And so we made a decision early on. You may remember we changed the name that was on the church. We wrote up a rental agreement with her that the church would enter into and that we would make this. And we did so. We felt it was the right thing to do to honor her. Well, little did we know. But again, the Lord knew. We were just responding to his leading, not knowing why. It felt like there. Little did we know, it wasn't far down the road, a lawsuit came 
against that property. And they saw an opportunity because, well, now there's a church here and we'll go after this church. You know what we were able to do? We were able to say, you know what? We're just tenants. We just have a, we're just leasing this building. Here's our rental contract. We don't own anything here. We just, we're just leasing it. We started this several months back. We don't. And no, the name you're going. See, we're not even that same name. The church has a different name. You're. The Lord knew all that ahead of time. The Lord saw those things. And so there was a group of us men that would meet oftentimes in the morning in that building for prayer. And we knew we needed to find a different place. We felt like we need to move. It, it wasn't a space issue. It was just we felt like we need to move. And we were praying there one morning. And I mentioned that to this small group of men that were there praying. And uh, someone said, well, you want me to go look? You want me to? I said, I'm not doing anything. But, you know, if you want, if you, but I'm not doing anything. Well, Brother Roa left on a mission that morning. And it wasn't an hour later he calls me. Brother Hart, I got a building. <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, no, really, there's a building. I said, What's, what kind of building? He says, it's a church. You want to see it? That We can get in right now. I mean, this was an hour after early morning prayer that morning, and I'd mentioned it to him. I went over there. We saw the building. It's the building we ultimately ended up being in there in Wapato for those years. And many of you know that building, they gave us rent-free the first month if we would just go in and clean it up. There became a home there that I believe the Sanchez at one point lived in, the Rodriguez at one point lived in. They took care of that home. We took care of that property. And the Lord gave us favor there, gave us favor in that community in that season. And then, as Bishop referenced, some of you don't know this part, those that own that building, they came, assessed the property. We thought maybe they're going to sell it and maybe there would be something here with buying it. Well, they wrote us a letter that said, we're going to triple your lease payment. And honestly, the issue wasn't we can't figure out a way to afford triple. Bishop and I talked about it. I said, you know what? No, we don't have peace. And that's when we began the whole back and forth between one Friday night at the Red Lion and one Friday in Toppenish and one Friday night at the Red Lion. Right? Remember wheeling in the PA system and, set, and one Friday night. At, but you know what the Lord did in that season? Brother Nelson had connections there. And that's how we found out about the Toppenish location there at the headquarters. And they gave us that building for free every Friday night. And that Red Lion, which is unheard of if you try to rent space for several hours, they gave us that space every other Friday night. And you remember, we went in. They already set up the chairs for us. They had water at the back for us. And they gave us that space for $75 a service. You can go price it. You can't get that per hour. It's unheard of. But God's timing. God was orchestrating that. And then the situation with brother and sister Johnstone. They were looking for a building. We were praying one morning. And we reached to brother Johnstone and said, you know, you're looking for a building. We're looking for a building. Maybe we agreed together. And that situation worked beautifully for Three years. Can you believe we were there three years? 
And again, we knew it was time. We were feeling like it's time. And so we began looking and nothing and looking and nothing. And it was, it was, what year is this, 2018? So it was late 2015. And I found this location um, online. I called and got no message, no res- nothing. There was an email, so I emailed, never got a response. We looked elsewhere. Another month, I tried again, nothing. And it was finally right at the first of the year, January, and I'd mentioned this place to Bishop. I think he found another number. I finally got a hold of a property management company in January. And they said, oh, you know, they're not interested in doing anything anymore. I said, well, you know, how come I keep finding it? You know, we need to get that taken care of, but they're not interested. They're, they've changed direction. I'm like, okay. But I was feeling an urgency to do something at this point. And I, I remember a day that I, I took a half a day off. I spent time in prayer, so I'm going to take a half day off. My wife and I got in a car. We went to places. There was a place in Yakima that they, they were like, yes, come, let us show. They walked us through a place we thought maybe. Then when we crunched the numbers, the number they had told us was different than once we talked to the owner. And like, well, that's off the table really quick here. You know, I mean, like 20000 a month, something crazy for commercial space. And it didn't take me long to realize you're trying to find something to make it happen. You can, you can drive all over these valleys and you're going to be wasting your time. And so... It was March of 2016, and I was just praying about it one Saturday morning. And as I'm there praying in my mind's eye, I saw this location again. And I'm thinking, you ever argue with God or tell him what he doesn't know? As though he, I'm like, Lord, we've tried that. We've called. They said they're not. But I, I, I just wasn't. And so I told my wife, I said, tomorrow morning, I'm going down there to that building in Selah, and I'm parking in the parking lot until somebody shows up. She said, what are you going to do if nobody shows up? I don't know. Somebody will show up. And that Sunday morning, there at the end of March, or in the middle of March, came down here and parked about 9 o'clock, and it was about 45 minutes later. Two elderly ladies pulled in in a little Subaru Legacy. I'll never forget. So I pulled up beside them. Mentioned something about the building and told them that short story about getting stonewalled. She says, oh, there's people working against us. No, we really do want to do something. Would you like to see the building? One of the ladies brought us in, showed us around. Another piece you may not have known, that very day, I spoke to the pastor, he came in later. That day, that small group of about 11 or 12 people, they were having a meeting that day following their service, trying to determine if they were going to let this property just go back to the bank because they hadn't been able to find somebody to lease it. They had that meeting, they determined to go ahead and join with the other congregation in Yakima. And then they reached back to us. And of course, we had our first service here, April the 1st of 2016. The Lord has ordered all of those things. We didn't produce them. We didn't make them happen. 
God ordered them. God ordered them. God is faithful. And I, I bear strong witness with what Bishop has shared. He doesn't just do this for a building to gather. He does it, but he'll do it in your household as well. He'll do it in your family as well. And the reason we've never had to have building fund campaigns and drives and pushes for offerings to try to cover this or do that is because so many of you have just been faithful in your finances. You've just been faithful in your tithe and in your offering. And as a result of that faithfulness, I, I don't know, those of you that have been here before, maybe, I don't remember once where we've ever stood and begged for an offering. It's not what we do. Your faithfulness through the years. And we've sought to be good stewards together. What Bishop mentioned earlier about a broad base so that we don't go off the rails doctrinally. There's a broad base of accountability so that we don't go off the rails financially either. These men like Brother Wright, Bishop Wright, that we have accountability to. The Council of Elders. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for those things, aren't you? And so what you've entered into and what I've entered into is other men's labors, things that God has prepared and he's allowed us to be a part of. I believe God's going to give us this building as well. I don't know how. Oh, there may be some notes that take place in the early on just like that. I don't know. God has a plan ordained. He brought us here. He has a purpose. He has a design. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Why don't you stand with me? Praise God. The scripture says. I reference Hebrews 11 and 12. I've been stuck on this a little bit. The scripture says we walk by faith. And not by sight. By faith, not by sight. When we start trying to walk by sight, we get in trouble. We get in trouble. I had this whole practical visual in my mind of like a couple of chairs sitting up here and Somebody walking from one side to the other and doing it with no problem and saying, now go back and close your eyes and promise you won't look and do it. But I can be well, like, I don't want to hit a chair. Well, if you do that and you just walk blind, you're probably going to run into a chair. But walking by faith, not by sight, doesn't mean walking blind. How do we get faith? Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. When we're walking, when it feels like we're walking blind, it's probably a good indicator we're not hearing. We're not meant to walk without hearing. We're meant to walk in faith without seeing. Not trusting what we see or don't see. But we are meant to get faith through hearing the word of God. 
So if I take that same individual that's blindfolded and say, now walk, but I want you to listen, and I'm going to tell you when to step left and when to step right. I'm going to, they could navigate through their blind without ever hitting a chair because they're walking by faith, but they have hearing that's directing. That's our walk with God. I'm not trusting what I see or don't see. I'm walking by faith, but I'm not walking without hearing. I'm listening. I'm in prayer. I'm in the Word. I have the voice of God in my life. And all these other voices that are trying to distract me from hearing the voice I need to hear, I've set those aside. I've cut those out. And so I can walk and you can walk. We can walk by faith. Then it's not fear. It's not blindness. It's faith. Why are you doing this? How could you dare do that? That doesn't make it. Because I've heard from God. I've got direction on what he wants me to do. How can you be so sure? I've heard from the Lord. But this says, it doesn't matter what I see. I've heard from the Lord. That's walking by faith. Amen? Praise God. Aren't you thankful tonight? Praise God. I'm thankful. I'm going to keep walking by faith, aren't you? Amen. Not going to live by what I see. I'm going to keep walking by faith. Story's still being written. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.